Well, it happened, ladies and gentlemen. Vegas looked on the brink of winning the most important game of the season so far, but then disaster struck. Myers' tying goal and a shootout loss has put Vegas on the brink of missing the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. This is the Kraken Night Show, and we're going to bring you our breakdown and analysis on possibly one of the toughest nights in Vegas franchise history. Oh. <laughs> I know, hold them back. Hold back he, the tears, JP. Turn the knife, brother. Turn the know, knife. <laughs> so that's how that's how goddamn dramatic last night was. That it, it was only fitting that we didn't do anything other than that. I mean, it's it's appropriate. It's appropriate. Oh, it was. Well, I, I, you know, I, I always class myself as a Vegas sympathizer, um, and I am. That was hard watching watching that last night, or this morning actually for me. So it was hard watching it generally because I was on the cross trainer at the time, and that's tough at the best of times. But even even harder when you're watching watching that game. Um, just to do the usual, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, uh, my name is Ian, and my co-host is JP, and we run the Cracking Night Show, uh, which is the podcast that you've clicked on. Um, possibly by mistake, but it doesn't matter. You're listening anyway. Uh, and we are the only podcast on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams in the NHL, and you know who those are. But this is one of those episodes where the agenda kind of wrote itself. It started a couple of days ago, for me anyway, probably a day ago for you, when Kraken played Dallas and got absolutely destroyed. And we're not going to cover that game because that was, that was painful enough to watch it once, let alone talking about it again. But what it set up was the most important game of Vegas's season, um, which was obviously last night against their arch enemy and rival in the San Jose Sharks. You know, Jerry Brockheimer himself couldn't have couldn't have couldn't have wrote that one because it was just set to be a absolutely mammoth climactic game um and we we saw all the drama like you had absolutely that game had absolutely everything like for the neutral like it was a hell of a game um but for yourself jp who was at the game um like have you managed to get over it yet i know it's only the morning after oh no i mean of course it still stings if I felt a lot worse last night. Like, I'll be honest, uh, after the game last night, I was like, I don't know, maybe I should message Ian and we should like push this a couple of days and like record later. Like right after the game, <laughs> I was super raw for sure. Yeah. Now I've had a, you know, good night's sleep and have a little more perspective on it. But, um, but yeah, it, it stings. It stings to go out like that too. Right. Like that's, um, and I know the Knights still have an outside shot at the playoffs, but it's no longer in their hands. If they last night was their last chance to control their own destiny. So if they had if they had won last night and then managed to win the next three, they were in no matter what, because one of those games would have been beating Dallas, which exactly. meant Dallas would have been behind them, which meant they would have been guaranteed that second second wild card spot. So with losing last night, now it depends entirely on luck like, the uh, you know. There's several scenarios where they could make it in. The most likely is involving Dallas, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it stings. That's a, it's a it, that will go down in history as in, in team history as one of the more devastating losses in the history of the team. I'd say not the stakes weren't quite as high, you know, as as the not a major <laughs> from a few years ago, but uh, um, it's close. You know, it adds to that story between the two teams, the the rivalry between the Sharks and the Knights. This certainly fuels that. So, yeah, I you know I, that rivalry. I absolutely love it um, because that's what you want in sport is mm. two teams that can't stand each other. Yeah, um, which is why it, it was set up the two teams facing off against each other. San Jose had nothing to play for in the season, but obviously they had everything to play for in that game because mm -hmm. of who it was against. Right. Um, so it was a great, great spectacle. I, I do think that the 
chance in terms of playoff chance is now done. I know mathematically it's not. It's not likely. It's highly unlikely they're going to make it in. Yeah, it's that was probably the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I Dallas, and maybe I'm biased because Dallas looks so good against the Kraken, but I just, uh, you know, I, to be honest, I think they're going to beat Vegas anyway. But if they don't and you beat Dallas, are Dallas going to lose to Arizona and Anaheim, which are their last two games, if I'm not mistaken. So mm. I don't see it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, I was at the game last night and afterwards, um, by the way, it was, uh, it was the worst. So it was fan appreciation night and the night, the golden Knights traditionally every season on the last home game of the year, they Mm -hmm. always hand out the team awards. So like awards that are given to players, but just within the organization, right? They always have this ceremony after the game where the whole team comes back out and they accept their awards and there's these fans down there that get to pose with the players and for photos and and then they get the game jerseys from the players and it was so painful to 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 sit there. The last place that anybody wanted to be was out there on the ice doing an awards ceremony after <laughs> after that game and you could see it on the faces of the players who were doing their best to push through it and the fans, yeah. right? Like half the fans didn't stay for it more than half. Like there was hardly anybody that stayed for it. But anyway, what I was getting around to is I'm standing in line for the restrooms afterwards. And a, a, another Knights fan behind me goes, you know what, man? He's like, even if these guys did make the playoffs, do you really want to watch this team in the playoffs right now? You know, and I've said something to that effect before. Like, let's say the Knights do did make it in by some crazy chance they're up against i'm not positive but i think they'd be up against the abs in the first round they would yeah yeah and and look like yeah i know anything could happen but the way the knights are right now they're not going to get past the avalanche so it's for me this just isn't the year anyway but i don't know i mean the avalanche don't look like the avalanche right now so yeah they let there i think i think that's that letting off the gas thing though right like they're in you know, like the, I, a little bit of that is that like they've clinched. They don't have much to play for right now. Like I see, I think that this time of year, that's mm-hmm. really common. With, it does. Yeah. With really good teams. Like once you're in, what are you going to do? Go out there and beat yourself up every, every game to tr- for what? To get a couple extra points. Like I think the abs, you know, are probably playoff time. I think they'll probably be a lot stronger than they are right now. That's just a theory, but, but yes, you know, fair enough. Um, you know, you know, ne- and you never know, like the, the Knights handled the abs pretty well, uh, last season, but, um, but I thought that was an interesting reflection of fan base mentality right now. Right. Like, like he just saw that I was wearing a Knights Jersey. Obviously he knew I was a Knights fan and he just said it out of the blue, you know, like he and I weren't even chatting. <laughs> he just was sort of, he was just like sharing his thoughts to all of us standing there, you know, and heavily Knights fan attended game last night. Like it was a popular game, a popular ticket very few sharks fans there and so that's the only saving grace that made it sting a little less is that sharks fans there were not many like those goals Mm -hmm. it was just silent in there practically so um, you know normally you have a pretty good sharks contingent that shows up but uh, so that made it a little easier a little less taunting on the way out of the building but uh, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but in those games yeah uh, multiple sports and never changes yeah um uh, and I've also been, like you said, there's this weird, and it's only a sports game. So normally, and this is insightful for any of our, our female listeners, normally in the male restroom or toilet, as we would call it in the UK, um, you go you go in and nobody says a goddamn word to each other. Uh, normally, that's the etiquette. The etiquette is you say nothing. You barely give eye contact to anybody in there. You go, do all you got to do. You obviously wash your hands and then you go out, right? That's the that's the rules. Um, whereas when it's sport related, for some apparent reason, that goes completely out the window. Yeah, and yeah. it's just it's considered break okay down to, the game whilst yeah. you're at the trough. You know, yeah, it's, it's okay to weird. talk about sports. I mean, this yeah. was while we were waiting in line to get in, right? Like mm. the, the but yes, you're totally right. Cause once I was in there, of course, guys Everyone's were still, still talking yeah. about the game and uh yeah. There were even a couple Sharks fans in there, and fortunately, those particular Sharks fans were polite, but I think it's because they knew they were outnumbered, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And where they were, I would have thought, so. Sure, sure, um, exactly. I mean, talking about the atmosphere, because I'm intrigued, um, 
because I know obviously you know it's the it was a big game to go to for yourself, uh, and and look we we've kind of got used to fans being back in the arenas, but it wasn't that long ago when when they weren't. Um, what was the atmosphere generally like? I mean, the, one of the comments that I saw from the commentators was it was it was like a playoff game, um, and that's not meant as a as a as a stab in the back there, JP. But I know what you mean though. Did it yeah. did it feel like a playoff game? Yeah, yeah, I'd say. I mean. Like I said, it was a popular ticket, you know, ticket availability was pretty low. So that meant that most season ticket holders used their tickets, right? Um, Which that usually only happens when, when it's a highly anticipated game. Like, you know, normally the day of there would be a lot of resale inventory, you know, a lot of secondary market tickets that you could buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not the case yesterday. There, I only know because obviously I have season tickets and, um, uh, I'll ch- kind of check to see what's available when I'm setting prices, if I'm going to sell any. And, uh, and um, yeah, th- this ticket, this, excuse me, this game was, was pretty well attended in terms of everybody using their seats. Um, yeah, there was definitely a, a buzz for sure. Like the stakes were really high. Um, you know, anything, anytime it's against the sharks, it's going to be a heated rivalry. I mean, look, if I'm being honest, for me, for various reasons uh, related to the pandemic and various health situations in my family and stuff, I haven't actually been to a Knights game in over two years. So that was the first time that I had actually sat in the stands. I used to go all the time. So that, you know, that was kind of a bit of a celebration for me just to actually be there again. Um, The atmosphere for me is considerably more muted than it used to be. If I'm comparing it to when I used to go, but I don't think that's was something that was special about last night's game. I think that's because I haven't been in two years. And I think um, the buzz around the team is just different this year, right? So like the pregame ceremony is usually off the chain, like people just screaming their lungs out. That didn't happen last night. Like, it, And I think it's just, I think it's been dwindling now maybe for a year or two. I think the pandemic took a lot of steam out of people. I think the magic of that first year has worn off. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think like it's settled into being a little bit more like every team. Like it's, they've, you know, team that has a history now, fans that have been coming to see them for a long time, fans that have been watching the team long enough to have some bitterness, right? <laughs> like <laughs> year one, there was yeah. no bitterness. There was no history. It was all just yay all the time, right? So um, but could I feel the palpable energy in the room? Like that, that the stakes were really high. Absolutely. And, and, you know, anytime in typical Knights fan fashion that, that it's always been like this at Knights games. Um, yeah, if the Knights even cross the blue line into the offensive zone, like the, the energy in the house, like goes up, right? Like you hear mm-hmm. people start to mm-hmm. cheer and, and cry out. And, and that's one of the things that a lot of other teams tease the Knights fan base about. Like I remember talking to some Boston fans one time before a game uh, when Boston was in town, this was a couple seasons ago. And they were like, it's hilarious. Like all, all you guys have to do is get the puck into your offensive zone and everybody starts cheering. And I'm like, yeah, we're pretty enthusiastic here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was still the case last night. Right. Especially compared to a fan base like Boston, who you know, original six, you know, they're all, kind of grizzled, you know, worn down, uh, sort of veteran hockey fans. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, that energy was there. It was palpable, right. That you could feel that, that everybody knew kind of what was on the line. And, um, yeah, up until the last two or three minutes of the game was pretty sure the Knights had it in the bag. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the bit that I think, to be honest, it probably is a very good, reflection of the season mm. in like it, itself um and for those that um although if you didn't know the score of the game you probably worked it out already <laughs> 14 minutes into the podcast you probably worked it out about three seconds into the podcast given the music we started with but anyway for those that maybe didn't know the full rundown of the game um let's just quickly go through the uh, goal fest that was the 5-4 shootout win for San Jose. So Thomas Hurtle scored first in the first period. Uh, Chandler Stevenson then tying it uh, late on 14 minutes into the uh, first period. And then the second period was when Vegas really took the ascendancy. So Pacioretty scored, then Will Carrier scored, and yes, Benino did respond. But at that point in the game, 
and this was about where I came into it when I was watching it live, Vegas were really in the driving seat. Nick Ra got a goal six minutes into the third period. And at that point, like now, and you know, I know because JP's just said it, you know, you're thinking, we've done this, right? This is, you know, okay, we're not done as in we're in the playoffs, but, you know, tick, job done, mm-hmm. move on to Dallas. Um, but 17-54, Nick Bonino, unassisted, scored his 15th goal of the season to make it 4-3, and then 19-59, yeah. Timo Meyer ties it at 4-4. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, look, it was a tough overtime as well because Vegas had a power play for a good portion of the overtime and, and looked dangerous. But, and then once you get to a shootout, I mean, I know Logan Thompson must be crushed, but he, you know, shootouts are, I mean, they are a lottery. So it's a coin um, toss. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's currently, can't, really, can't really hold that against him. But and I want to get your opinion on this, JP, but to sacrifice a two goal lead, it's not much in sport that's like almost unforgivable, but, that's got to be up there. It's it's just not good enough, you know? Definitely not good enough. And, uh, you know, I remember when the last goal went in. Uh, I mean, right in, this is what happens when it's a, an away team that pulls off something like this, right? Like, like it just, the room just went dead. Because the, the, the fans were on their feet because we were like, we got this. Game's almost over. And so the fans had come to their feet to sort of cheer the victory. Jesus. Um, and the fans are already standing and actually, you know, the buzzer is a second away. So some people had already kind of started celebrating a little bit. Right. And, um, and then of course the question is, did they get it in, in time? Like we all saw that the puck went in, but mm. then you're like, are they going to review it? It was so close. Like, did they beat the buzzer? Did they beat the buzzer? Um, they didn't have to review it for long. I think the, I think the, the refs and the linesmen knew that it beat the buzzer, but that wasn't clear to us right in the stands. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah, and uh, and then of course, yeah, the refs very quickly. I, I think they very quickly spoke to each other, and then you saw the scoreboard change. And then instead of playing the end of game music over the PA, they played the intermission music. And then of course, we all knew we were like, "Oh, it was a good goal." You got to yeah. be kidding me! <laughs> but at that moment, you still have hope, right? You're you're still like, okay, well, OT, like maybe they can still pull it out, but um. You know, it's yeah, it's totally to answer your question. Of course, it's totally unacceptable to collapse like that with two or three minutes left. And um, I think in some ways the Knights probably. It's a combination of a couple things. I think the Knights bent under pressure a little bit there. They knew how much was at stake and everybody in the room knew how much you could feel how nervous that everybody in the in the stadium was like the 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 nerves in the room were palpable. Like we're like, Oh God, they're within one. Mm. Like, please don't let them tie this up. Please don't let them tie this up. It wasn't, Hey, go Knights go. It was, Oh my God, please don't let them tie this up. And I'm sure that players were thinking the same thing. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, not to mention the sharks came in, they're really wanting to do this. Right. Like they've lost to the Knights 11 out of the last 12 games. I kid you not. I think it's 11 out of the last 12 or maybe 12 out of the last 13. Wow. It's consecutive. The Sharks generally just don't beat the Knights in the regular season. It just doesn't happen. So they, not only with the rivalry between the two teams, but, you know, they really wanted to spoil this for the Knights. They, I think either Timo Meyer or, or Tomas Hurdle, one of those guys, was actually quoted as saying that in an interview, like the day before the game. He said, we want to go knock the Knights out of the playoffs, which is overstating it a little bit like the sharks didn't knock the knights out of the playoffs the knights spent half the season knocking themselves out of the playoffs but the sharks just <laughs> happened to benefit from being one of the games that could be crucial the final nail in the coffin yeah 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 exactly so they really wanted this and, and and they enjoyed it right they they celebrated pretty hard um out there even though they're they've been out of the playoffs for, for you know for weeks at this point but um that's how you know, strongly the hatred for this team brews in San Jose. Mm. Um, and so you combine those two things, a team that's really motivated to win against a team that has everything to lose and found themselves in a precarious position there at the end of the game. And then you got a rookie goaltender, right? Like rookie goalie, he probably felt a little bit of nerves as well. So yeah, it's unacceptable. 
un unacceptable, but understandable, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So not cool. They shouldn't have let it happen, but under the circumstances, like, you know, in an impatient fan base, all looking at them down there, breathing down their necks, right? Like <laughs> you can see it on the team's face during that ceremony afterwards that they had to do. Like I remember Mark Stone was posing with, you know, the fan that got his Jersey and he was barely able to force uh, you know, a, a, a subtle Mona Lisa smile for the camera. Like you could see it all over his face. I was like, that poor guy. Like he is, oh, no. he is, he wants to be anywhere but here right now. <laughs> somebody, know? somebody in marketing who came up with that idea for the first terrible season looked like a hero. Yeah. And now someone sat there going, this is a stupid tradition. Oh, all <laughs> the fans, is, all the fans said yeah. that. And, and I've been to several of these. Like I've, I've been Do to it at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you know? exactly. Do it before the game. And I remember the, you know, season one, of course, it was great. They had clinched the mm -hmm. playoffs and won the division well before that game even happened. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure they won that night. Um, I have been to ones where they lost the game, too. But it didn't sting as much because they were already they'd already made it to the postseason. It's not as big a deal. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, that that was the last thing anybody wanted to do last night, especially the players. <laughs> I, I, I feel... <laughs> I really do feel for the fan base as well because, um, yeah, as I said, I you know Vegas sympathizer, and I was sat there. I was actually I was, I was on the cross trainer at the time because of the time difference. I was actually at the gym in the morning, but still, and I, I, I just was kind of sat there thinking, "Wow, okay." I did not see that coming. You know, it yeah. just, it really looked like you guys had the game mm. sewn up and you're right. Momentum is a, is a bitch and it's, um, and it's strong. So, and I don't think, I think there's any sport quite like hockey when it comes to momentum, when those momentum swings happen, like they are like pendulum swings. Sometimes it's uh, vicious. So, right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, um, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate thing. I really do think in some ways the Knights got in their head a little bit last night. I I, I think that was part of the collapse. I think is you know, it's yeah, yeah. It's pressure, was, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of pressure. And and yeah. and like you said, momentum swings can cause that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they do. They right? Can. It can cause one team to doubt themselves a little and you know, or it can cause a team to suddenly gain some confidence, right? So yeah, and it's painful when you're on the other end of it. And you were right in what you said. They didn't lose that they they weren't knocked out of the playoffs officially. They're not anyway, but they weren't knocked out last night. The reality is a season has got you to that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they've been gradually working their way. That's the other thing to remember. Um it, you know, even though it feels like it all comes down to one game, that's really just how things happen to sequence sequence out, but Exactly. Every game where the Knights needed two points and they didn't get it, right? You could just as easily say the 4-0 loss to Edmonton was just as bitter. It's just these tend to sting more because you know it's your last chance, right? Exactly. When you know hope is fading, these sting more. But, yeah. you know, and naturally there was a lot of anger last night from Knights fans. Um, yeah, I saw that. And and I I understand that that's the natural instinct. And as sports fans, sometimes we re we respond that way. We're human. We love our teams. I get it. Um, mm -hmm. Now that the smoke has cleared a little, I think it's important to remember that. It's important to remember, like, look, this one game against the Sharks last night. You know, the the season wasn't made or or broken on that one game. The season has been made or broken for you know seventy eight games up to this point. Um, and the Knights have gradually been losing their shot, you know, all season for a variety of reasons. So, yeah, it stings. It stings that it went down like that. It stings that it was against the Sharks. But, um, you know, at the same time, not much has changed, right? Like you said, it's very appropriate for the kind of season that it's been for this team. And, um, it, it, you know, it's fitting, right? Yeah. It's, it's fitting for, for how things have gone this year. Yeah, I agree. Now... Flicking back to that word you used earlier, so you used the word hatred, um, and we were talking before we came on air about um, hatred for both the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, for Jack Eichel himself. I've seen that kind of Jack Eichel hatred ramping up quite a bit. Now, I think that this is predominantly coming from people outside the Vegas fan base, shocker, um, but it's, it, it is, and 
you can see in some of the comments and some of the way in which the kind of wider NHL world reacted to last night. For me, if I was a Vegas fan right now, rather than getting annoyed at the fact that the second that Eichel has a game where he doesn't score a point, he's getting his complete stats listed on Instagram. The way I would look at all of that is it shows that you guys are still a force to be reckoned with because that is why people are so happy that you lost last night or overtime lost last night because they know that you know you only really hate the greats don't you and it's just it's really interesting to see the reaction of the wider NHL world because we've talked about on previous podcasts about the fact that Vegas are not as bad as Toronto but they are kind of seen as the team to hate yeah yeah absolutely it's um yeah I think I think that's a good parallel between Eichel and the Knights. Um, mm. Like you said, it's um, just as a, for instance, like there was a bit of a social media campaign last night that I think the Sharks kind of started, but a lot other rivals jumped in on, you know, Dallas's social media jumped in and um, LA's social media jumped in and other teams. And it was something like, we're all Sharks tonight, right? Like, you know, much of the league was was hoping that the Knights would lose. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you said, in some ways, I embrace that. Like as a fan, hate away because your hatred shows that you're really scared about the Knights actually getting into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see Vegas in the playoffs because Vegas usually come in and close to dominate. I know they haven't won the cup, but uh, the cup isn't the only thing that matters. If it were, then no one would be talking about Vegas, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it would just be like, oh, well, they've never won the cup, so it doesn't matter. Like obviously that's yeah, not yeah. true. Yeah. Vegas has been very successful and um, and that really bothers people. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. If anything, you know, Knights fans can take it as a compliment that the that, that the team is so hated because they've, been really successful and i think you're right i think it's the same with with players like eichel like just by being as good as he is um expectations are high but also criticism is going to be higher right and same Mm. with look how heavily criticized the golden knights have been this year i mean just horrendous tremendous criticism from all directions and that's because expectations are high right and people like you said they criticize the ones that do well and um yeah it's uh it's been a bizarre season. And, and to be honest, like, I, I don't know, I'm not angry with the team. I, I, I sense that from people that they're mad that the team didn't do better, but I don't know. I think they did the best they could under the circumstances, really. Uh, you get a better barometer for how the Vegas fan base feels than I do. Cause my only like uh, guide is, is Twitter. Um, Cause obviously I'm not in Vegas and I wasn't at the fortress. So I saw a lot of, Vegas fans on like polar opposites. You get half that are sat there saying wasn't to be, and the other half that are kind of, you know, burn it down, yeah, start again. God, if we only had flurry, all these kinds of kind of the usual. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know. So I, I've got the we I've got a couple of questions to ask you, JP. So I've got a question, and we've actually had some questions sent in. So, you know, we talk about this at the end of our episodes and we say, if you put them in, we will, we will bring them on air (laughs) and that's what we're going to do. So I will put my question, um, forward first, and then we'll go through, uh, the questions put in by, uh, Tim Ward. Um, and my question is, and I think we've already answered it, but playoff chances, taking the Vegas rose tinted glasses off for a minute jp playoff chances are done now right yeah I, statistically there's still an outside shot but it's yeah i mean they're, they're I'd, I'd be shocked if they make it in mm. um and it's not up to them anymore so that not only would they have to win the remaining three mm. in addition to that other teams would have to bite it pretty hard like dallas would have to have a real rough three games la would have to lose all three I think the pre- like the, there's w- there's ways they could make it in through actions of the Predators, LA or Dallas. 
That's it, um, yeah. Dallas being the most likely, but um, Dallas would still essentially have to lose two or lose three. I, I just don't see. And don't you've got to beat happening. them. And, yeah, and you have to, yeah, right, exactly. And the Knights have to win all three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think last night kind of put the season to bed. Yeah. If you do beat Dallas, then we need to start a, we are all coyotes hashtag <laughs> for the next game because that's who that's who they've got so that's right that's boys, right we're, you know we're all coyotes yeah Yuck. all 1000 of us that can get in the stadium we're <laughs> exactly. all coyotes um right. so the three questions are better questions from uh from tim than the ones that i put forward uh and uh if you want to follow tim by the way his uh, twitter handle is at that underscore guy 448 so thank you very much for these questions so his first question is, from our perspective, where was the breakdown last night? Uh, during the game, specifically. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I don't think it was, uh, I, maybe going back to what I was saying earlier, I kind of partially discussed this a few minutes ago, but I, I, I do think that there was a little bit of bending under pressure there, knowing what was at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Logan Thompson, actually, I'm not positive. I don't even know that those goals were his fault, really, if, if I were to go back and look at those plays again. But you got to know he was feeling it a little bit, too. That's a lot of weight for a rookie goalie to have on his back. Um, yes, it is. At home, in front of the home fans. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Sharks really wanted this. They really wanted this. That's all they had to play for, but they they also didn't have any pressure on them, right? Teams like that can be really dangerous. A, a team that has nothing to lose. And for them, it's like, wow, wouldn't that be really fun if we could kind of ruin Vegas's playoffs hopes tonight? But if they didn't manage to do it, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like the, very low expectations on that team right now. So I think you mix all those things together and um, yeah, I think it, I think it was a psychological collapse more than anything else. I mean, you can point out physically like what went wrong on each play specifically, but Mm. you know, the other thing they were both, both of the goals were six on five empty net, right? Like, so, you know, you are in a bit of a power play situation when that happens, it's very risky. It's risky for the team doing it, but that's why they do it because you get, you get six on five and yeah. so six, six on five does give the other team an advantage. So, I mean, you, ha- you know, we have, you have to consider that as well. There's a, there's sort of a strange power play penalty kill situation going on there. Uh, by the way, one of the most painful moments was um, Stone, was a Stone, I think, that actually missed an empty netter. He hit the post. That would have put the game to bed right there too. So, and he owned up to that. But so the game had two or three just tragic moments like that uh, where, if that had gone in, we'd be having a totally different conversation here. But yeah, so that's a it's a bit of a vague answer because I think it's a complicated question. I don't know. Hmm. In, in the game last night, I don't think you can peg it. I don't think you can pin down one failure or one system's failure. I think yeah. it was just kind of a perfect storm of, of um, conditions and then a little bit of chance, right? hockey's got there's some chance involved in hockey and and the sharks just managed to grab a couple of opportunities and put it in the net but you know once again it's it's tempting to sort of focus in on that game last night but you got to look at the season as a whole you know um and if i were going to say where did the where's the breakdown in the season as a whole injuries plain and simple yeah i mean i think you're right injuries is it that's it it's a bad luck season the team is super banged up you can only do so much under those circumstances. That's it. That that was the problem this year. I don't think that there's any other major issue, coaching or front office or trades, all the things that fans are sort of angry about and griping about. I don't think so. I, I think yep. I think injuries sidelined this team this year. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I mean, Logan Thompson didn't have a great night just uh, to cover. I've got to, I've got to get some stats in JP, otherwise I'm going to have some sort of heart palpitations. But um, <laughs> he had a save percentage of eight six two, which which obviously is not great. Um, but I, I I'm with you. I think it would be really harsh to look at his performance and say that he cost you that game because that feels pretty unfair. Um, for a guy who pulled off some great saves, certainly in the first period, you know, I, I, I thought he he played pretty well in net. Uh, he wasn't there was no kind of 
obvious mistake. Yeah. You know, whether they were soft or not, it's very hard, like you said, in terms of the amount of pressure that kid was under. And you forget about how young these guys are sometimes when you're looking at people that are in their early 20s or even teens and saying, oh, they cracked under pressure. You think, Jesus, what were you doing at 19? Because right. you know, I, I know I was doing and I was not in games that had millions of dollars on the line yeah you know on your own shoulders so right it's 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 tough tougher for them a breakdown for the season i'm with you 100 percent injuries I, I i've said this i said this to you before we came on air i've said this on on twitter already uh, am i i'm a firm believer that this is a good team that had a bad season mm. i don't think this is a bad team i don't look at the knights and think you need to tear it down I think you're going to get forced to make some moves. And I really think they should look at William Carlson as being somebody to move. And I know everybody listening to this podcast is just throwing their iPod across the, the room and just shouting no at me right now. But only because I, I feel like the cap space that he would give you back allows you to be um, do more than 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 what you're because whether it's next season or season afterwards there becomes a period of time where you've got too many superstars and it just doesn't work mm-hmm. and the last thing you want to be doing when marshall's contract runs out which i have a feeling is the end of next season you don't want to not be able to re-sign him because i feel like he is the kind of guy you want to retire a night um famous last words um, yeah. but the, <laughs> <laughs> the last person who said that left but the uh, i do feel like he is so I personally w- would look at that, but um, I still systematically believe this is a good team that has had a very, very difficult season. And the fact you were even close to making the playoffs in some regards is pretty amazing with a team that you've had. So I think the whole hate the team train needs to get parked pretty quick. Um, right behind the hating on Lena train which needs to get parked as well because um you know that he is he is a very emotional guy anyway but he clearly has a lot of love for the vegas golden knights and he has performed well over his tenure here even if he's had again like the team has had quite a difficult season Hmm. so the second question uh, from mr ward was who's the season mvp he said for both teams, but let's let's start with Vegas, right? Who's your season MVP, JP? I, I mean, you know, does it have to be a player? Because honestly, for me, DeBoer for keeping this team within a shot of a playoff spot. You can say that, mate. I mean, look, look at, you know, we, we, we've said this all year, but, you know, half the team were AHL guys for a lot of the season. He, you know, he managed to piece together an above 500 season. I can't remember what their win percentage is, but it's, you know, 0.56, 0.57, somewhere in that neighborhood. They won more games than they lost and were within a point or two of a playoff shot um, with what he had to deal with, with, with that roster. I think it speaks volumes. You know, there's this petition out there, fire DeBoer. I just, uh, you know, listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And if you don't like DeBoer, great. You know, personally, I liked Gallant better than I liked DeBoer on a personal level, right? I liked Gallant's personality. I liked him in interviews. But let's look at the record. Let's look at what DeBoer was able to do this season under the circumstances. It's pretty amazing, really. It's outstanding. I mean, they, they almost made the playoffs anyway. Uh, and how a guy, you know, how a coach could take a ragtag team like that and, and have them win more games than they lose. I don't, I think it speaks to his abilities as a coach. And, and you know, it wasn't just in, I mean, you know, internally there has been all sorts of strife and stress and, uh, and locker room, you know, I wouldn't want to say locker room drama, but this Mm -hmm. can't be easy. It's got, it's hard on everybody. It's hard on the coaches. It's hard on the players. It's hard on the front office. Right. It's very stressful. And so they managed to, uh, you know, they were able to manage all that in a way where they still won, you know, more games than they lost, which is, it's pretty, pretty amazing to me, honestly. So for me, you know, maybe that's not the answer. Maybe Tim was hoping for a player, but (laughs) for me, I think DeBoer deserves a pat on the back, you know? So 
570. There you Top go. Top of 500, like you said. Um, yeah. And uh, when you're saying ragtag team, I was in my head, the second someone says that about hockey, I just see the Mighty Ducks. So exactly, maybe that's yeah. what <laughs> Vegas needed to do yesterday in overtime was to have this little huddle by yeah. the net and come out in this flying V. And then, like, anyway. So, <laughs> I, I, as, as a nostalgic 90s kid, I would have absolutely loved that, even though it clearly would never have worked. And it's an awful oh, yeah, tactic yeah. to use in hockey. It's, but Disney, it's Disneyfied. <laughs> Disneyfied, yeah. And it would have worked for me. So there you go. So, in terms of, um, I, I will obviously do the Kraken because um, we talked about it pre show. The Kraken's tough because. There's quite a few players that have had good seasons, although you wouldn't think it when you look at the standings. Um, and no, I'm not going to say Philip Grubauer is my MVP for the season, uh, but <laughs> I'm going to say Jared McCann because you know he has been consistent and he has been immense in terms of his goal scoring. He's had injuries as well, but every time he comes back, he's still, still got it. So... I'd have probably said Brandon Tanev if he'd have been fit for the whole season because I feel like he probably wore the C on his chest more than Giordano did. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh to, to Gio, but I just felt like Tanev, lift, he kind of carries the team on his back, or he did anyway when he was playing. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he doesn't have the C on his jersey next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jared McCann is, is my player of the season for the Kraken. For those Kraken fans that are actually still listening to this episode. I know, it's been, it's been a lot <laughs> of nights talk. Yeah, who are, or the ones that are sat at the episode going, like, you were complaining? Your playoffs lasted till the two games before the end of the season, so I was right. finished about three games in. <laughs> but anyway, there we go. And then the last question uh, from Mr. Ward was, how do we feel, uh, oh, no, sorry, and if we were Foley, how would we handle the off-season? So I'll let you go first on that one, JP. Yeah, um, it's a good question. I, you know, I, I think, I think it's probably smart not to overreact. Um, I, you know, I think this conversation's already been had. I don't think it's a conversation they're that they are waiting to have. I think Foley and and um, McCrimmon and McPhee have all talked about this quite a bit already. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the message probably from management to ownership would be don't panic. <laughs> like this happens there, there is some chance involved every year. And this year, you know, chance was not on our side. And when I say chance, I'm not talking about the golden Knights mascot. I'm talking about <laughs> luck, <laughs> right? Bad luck yeah. or, or good luck, you know, can go either way, but, um, just that the, the the whole injury thing, it's just a freak occurrence. And um, I, it's the best roster they've ever had on paper. Um, I just don't think you can really discover any chemistry uh, when when the players are constantly injured and there's a revolving door in the lineup. And, you know, management knows that more than anybody else. They're going to be more aware of that, much more aware of that than we are. And I think they've probably been preaching that to Foley all along. So yeah, in the off season, I don't think there's going to be a big shakeup. I, I think, um, I think they'll get cap compliant. Yeah. I've heard people say, Oh, DeBoer is going to get fired. You know, missing the playoffs is totally unacceptable. It's a p- huge if, if DeBoer were to get let go, I don't think he will personally, but if DeBoer were to get let go, it would not be because of any failures on his part. It would be only because management feels that maybe because of the difficulties of this season that a change is necessary mm-hmm. right sometimes coaches get let go through no fault of their own they get let go because the organization says we need a change the you know the the vibe in the locker room the team needs a spark or something like that so if if he were to get let go it would be for some other behind the scenes reason maybe that we're not aware of it certainly wouldn't be for performance you know no. so but frankly i i don't think deboer is going anywhere i think i think he's going to stay the coach um people talk about them you know replacing management i don't see that happening either uh, mm. unless fully 
has some personal conflicts with those guys or something. Sometimes that happens too, right? Like owners like say, oh, well, I don't get, you know, this stress has showed me that I don't get along with this manager. Um, and so <laughs> I own the team and I'd rather hire somebody that I, get, that I get along with, you know, interpersonal things do play into this stuff. So maybe something like that, but I don't get that vibe. I really, I don't think mm-hmm. any of the leadership structure is going anywhere. I just think the team's going to get cap compliant, which means that somebody's got to go or maybe a couple players have got to go. Yep. Uh, and I think there's some re-signings that have to happen. So there's going to be a little roster turnover. There always is, right? There's always at least three or four players that that move on and new guys come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't see it being a real tumultuous off season, uh, barring any of those things I just mentioned. Like you never know what behind the scenes stuff is going on, but, um, but it, it wouldn't, I know the tendency is for people to think that, yeah, we need, we desperately need changes. We missed the playoffs, but, but why did we miss the playoffs? That's an important question. You know, we didn't miss the playoffs because things weren't being done well. Uh, we missed the playoffs because we played the entire season with a cast on our right leg. Do you know what I'm saying? Figuratively, like, <laughs> you know, you played the whole season broken and injured. So I don't know. It's, um, I think the time it's, it's now the right time to extend a little bit of grace to I agree. the organization, right? To say, okay, yep. rough, rough season. We did the best we could. Um, and I think that, I think that will probably be the vibe in the front office as well. You know, like, Hey, did the best we could, um, bad luck season. Just like you said earlier, Ian, you know, good team, bad, bad season. luck season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I would, I mirrored you in, in all, in all those aspects. I think the, you need time, you know, it's, it hurts when you lose. It hurts when you have something that doesn't go your way. Um, and we've all had it in you know, our personal lives as well as in sport. And the worst thing you can do when you're in that sort of place, make an emotional, rash response. The best thing to do is to take some time, think about it, come back in a couple of months' time as management and say, okay, you know, get the draft out of the way because you still got to do that. And it's, you know, I know you haven't got a first round pick, but still, mm-hmm. you have picks. <laughs> And, you know, you've got all of that to contend with. And then think about what the team looks like next year. Yeah. And whether you need to make any changes or not, once you've cleared your head. And George McPhee is a smart guy, so he's not going to be making knee-jerk reactions because of what happened last night. They'll have undoubtedly talked about it already, I would have thought, because it feels like there's a lot of managing upwards between McPhee and and Foley. So I, I would be amazed if he's not already said to him, we're probably not going to make it this time. And if we don't, Let's just calm right. down and yeah. just stick with what we've got. We made the move for Eichel last year. It was a long-term move. We knew that there was going to be sacrifices of doing that more than what we traded in terms of potentially that means Riley Smith doesn't come back or whatever ends up happening. So I st- keep saying it. This is the this quote for the, for, the, for the episode, but good team, bad season, because that's, that's what I think it, I think it was. Yeah. And, and, you know, nobody wants to hear this right now, so I'll be gentle, but (laughs) you know, my, my theory about them needing a good long rest, you know, still stands. And I think, I think in, if we're going to look at the positives, I think getting that rest, not just physically, but psychologically, mentally, they've been, you know, this team has been through the ringer this year and they're human. They're human. They're all human. The, The players are human. The manage management's human. The ownership's human. Bill Foley, he's filthy rich, but he's a human as well, right? They, they <laughs> these guys suffer. They suffer stress. They suffer, uh, you know, the, the criticism. You know, is, I'm sure it gets to them sometimes. Um, and you, you know, if a team is going to go all the way, if they're going to be successful, just like in anything in life, you know, you need to have a certain degree of physical, emotional, and psychological health. And they don't have that right now. You know, they just don't. And and you can see it out there. You can see the mm-hmm. physical health's not completely there. You can see psychologically they're really worn down just as an organization. And it's just been a rough season. So what do you do when you're not well? You know, what do we as humans do in our lives when we're not well? We step back, right? Maybe mm-hmm. We take time off work. Or maybe if we're sick, we, you know, we, we call out of work. We rest. We, 
you know, look after ourselves. Uh, and th- th- just because they're a pro sports franchise doesn't mean that they need that any less. And I think individually they need that. And I think as an organization, they need that. I mean, they've been hit hard for four years, five years straight, right? So I think a little extra time off is probably going to work wonders um, for, for this franchise. I mean, they, they really need it. Like, like Stone, I watched it with my own eyes last night. Uh, right for the third period, you know, I'm accustomed to like Vegas, you know, the, the, there's an in-game host, right. Who gets on the mic. He's like, Vegas, we need this game. And he's just pumping everybody up. Right. And as the team skating out onto the ice for the third period, I'm accustomed to looking down there and seeing the team all skate out onto the ice at full speed and they're pumped and they're ready. Right. What I saw last night before the third period was a team that was very tired and, um, starting to feel the pressure. And then I remember I saw one guy skate out and he almost looked like he was hobbling a little bit. Like I was like, wow, that guy's like skating like an old man. Who is that? Number 60. It was, it was Mark stone. It was number 61. So he's not well, (laughs) you know, he's, he's the captain of the team and he's well enough to play. And so he's out there doing what he's supposed to be doing, doing what he's paid to do. But that guy is still not right. He's not hundred percent right. And I think that is, think that 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 was a a very sobering reminder to me i'm like oh look Mm -hmm. at the guy like he's he's obviously still in pain he's obviously playing through it you know if anybody needs a long off season it's mark stone and i think that probably applied and he's the captain of the team for god's sake you know Mm -hmm. and that applies to a lot of people look at robin leonard i mean look i know you and i were talking about focusing on Leonard a little bit because there's been some Leonard controversy. Obviously that's no longer the headline after last night's game, but um, Leonard has been hurt all season. Right. And he's obviously struggled a little bit under the criticism and the pressure, you know, some unfair criticism and unfair pressure. And, you know, Leonard could use a nice long off season as well. So right there, your captain and your starting goalie are both basically limping at this point. So it's not do we want to dive into the playoffs and suffer more like they need a break you know all i'm gonna say is if they get to win the stanley cup next season i'm never gonna hear the end of it (laughs) because you're gonna be there going i called it i I told you i told you yeah (laughs) and i'm not sure i can keep the podcast going if that happens we'll have to just cancel it huh we'll just have to to say we're done it's been a fun couple of years I mean, look, there's a lot of a lot has to go right for a team to win the cup, right? But um, the health is a big factor. I think that I, I think yeah. there's a lot to be said for what you're saying, and you saw Mark Stone firsthand, um, and we've heard of players. He's not the first player to play for injuries because this means so much to those guys. So, but mm-hmm. we will see, and they are going to get the rest that they deserve, or they they need, maybe not deserve, but they're going to get the rest that they need. Yeah. Um, because uh, I, I do think if we, if we had a 29.8% chance of making the playoffs on the last episode, right now you probably have a 0.8% chance of yeah. making the playoffs. So not looking likely. I think I read it today. I think it's it's like maybe like twelve percent now. So it's, 12, now it's like really? now it's like a one in ten chance or something like that. Yeah. See, if I was in Vegas, I'm taking those odds. Yeah. For 12%. <laughs> <laughs> the house is going down. Yeah, um, and, and, <laughs> and we got to keep it in perspective here. Like at this point, do we really want that? Like the guy standing in line for the bathroom last don't night. Don't go so, there. Like it's don't like go I, there. It's like well, I don't know. For me, <laughs> I mean, gosh, these guys are good. if they get if they make it in, they'll limp in, and then they'll play a juggernaut in the first round, like. I don't know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. And selfishly, I wanted them to win last night. So don't get me wrong. I wanted to see them do well. But, you know, the logical me after a night's sleep, I don't know. I think they need the rest. But uh, This just shows that we record this at the wrong time. I want the completely illogical version of JP on the podcast. We can just see like raw emotion come out. And last night you were there saying, trade them all, you know, like the whole. <laughs> now, you know, actually, it's interesting. Rather than being angry last night, I was just like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was just mopey. Like, <laughs> mopey like that, yeah. Like in the car on the way home, like my, you know, we barely spoke, like my family and I, we like, <laughs> it, was just, it was just like a silent car ride. It was very deflating. Yeah. I've been to a few games like that before where a lot's on the line and yeah, you're just, the other one was game six 
the year that the Knights got knocked out, you know, that infamous game seven, the not a major. major. I was at game six, which was in Vegas. And of course, you know, the Sharks stayed alive. The Sharks were facing elimination and they, they wanted an OT. And I remember that night was, was like that where you're just like, deflated. Oh yeah. Just get the wind knocked out of you. Cause you're like, now Mm. we're going to a game seven and like we had it. In fact, I think the Sharks stayed alive in that series from down three, one. If I recall, I think, I think they came back from a three, one, uh, deficit, uh, in games. And, um, yeah, so that it's that's part of being a sports fan. It comes with it, right? Got to take the good with the bad. So, I'll tell you when we have some good. All right, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take we'll, we'll take the mediocre right now. That's all we have. That's all we have. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, well, look, uh, we want to say a couple of thanks before we wrap the episode up. Firstly, uh, thanks to Tim for getting in touch with the show, and uh, we we say it every episode, and we do mean it. If you've got questions you want to ask myself or JP, you've got things you want us to discuss. Hell, if you want to message the show and just say, we love or hate what you're doing, then feel free. <laughs> we will read them. Um, and uh, and obviously, you could do all of that at our website, which is cracking hyphen, as in the uh, letter, not as in actually writing it out, uh, nights.com. Um, and we also have a blog on the website as well, so do check that out. And if you were listening to last week's episode, and a shout-out to, firstly, I always do this the wrong way around, so I'm going to do a shout-out first to our returning listeners. So the people that have listened to us from the early days all the way to now, as we're getting near the end of the season, I just want to say thank you to every single one of you that's stuck with us listening to nice, happy episodes at the beginning of the season. And then gradually they got more and more depressive as the season went on until today. Um, But we do appreciate it all. And the guys that engage with us on Twitter, whether that's through Golden Steel or through the Kraken Knights Twitter, you know who you are and you've been fantastic this season. And all of you doing that stuff, that's why we do this. You know, me and JP, we're not doing this to to make money off it. It's why we don't have ads. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. We do this for the fan bases of the two teams. And because at heart, that's what me and JP both are, just just hockey fans um, with microphones. So, <laughs> which helps, given, even though we need to record on something. So thank you for that. Um, and then the one that lasts for me, and it's it's a small one. It's one of those we feel horrible doing it, but at the same time, it makes a massive difference, which is why we're asking. And that is to leave us a review and the little starry thing that, uh, that they have on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's those two, great. But if it's not, doesn't matter. Wherever you get it from, if you can leave us a review, if you like our podcast, like what we're trying to do here, it makes a massive difference in terms of us getting out there and. You know, we really feel strongly about the two fan bases that we represent. And we know that there's a lot of fans that follow both, a bit like me. We're a sympathizer of one fan of the other. Um, so so that would help an absolute ton. Uh, and then the last bit, which is where we want to get some feedback, and you can do this via Twitter if you like, but we're looking at potentially doing a live episode in the off-season, uh, which will be me and JP and the two guys who were on a couple of episodes ago, ago even, from two guys, a league, and some guests. So hopefully I've got that podcast. That You need a shorter podcast name, guys, because that that's, that's, that's a mouthful. To, or an abbreviation, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, even the abbreviation's 2-G-A-L-A-G, which just doesn't really roll off the tongue. So... <laughs> Just call it uh, the love Two you. Guys we, podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, that's better. So, uh, well, look, we love you guys, but um, that's that's difficult to say. Um, the four of us are going to do, or we're looking at doing a live episode. So, if that's something you'd be interested in listening to, then let us know. We'll give you the details of how you can get involved. We're thinking after the playoffs are finished, by the way. So, don't worry, we're not going to put you through any more pain during the playoffs. Should the Vegas Golden Knights not make them, of course. So that's it from us. We hope this hasn't been too painful. Apparently there's a 12% chance, but if it doesn't happen, remember that there is always next season. Um, And as always, stay safe, stay well. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.